You're listening to the Teen Wolf Rewolf. I've voiced this to you before, but I think I would have been really hot in the 80s. I concur. Although you did make a point while we were watching this movie that um, were you a time traveler, people could always catch you out because uh, of your hair. Yeah. And um, there are like so many things that bamboozle you when you watch movies about like how people should look. But no, women in the 80s just did their hair like that every day all the time dude and I think it's genetic that I'm bad at doing my hair because <laughs> my mom instead of learning how to do 80s hair just had a sh- she, she, had, she had short hair the whole time I'd have to ask my mom for like more specifics but uh genetically blessed with like very thick hair yeah luscious um luscious so I you wouldn't have to do much to it to put it into such a form um yeah mom text me let me like, know like the sort of uh like 70s sort of middle part flat and then subsequent 90s middle part flat look is really what I'm rocking (laughs) at all times. My dad used to tell me that um, I should get a Farrah Fawcett haircut, which in theory, yeah, great idea. In execution, it is so much work. Every once in a while, I'll try to do the look and it falls after like an hour. Dude, I can barely get my roots covered in a timely manner. So the Farrah Fawcett is just not going to (laughs) happen. You you resent going to the hairdresser I so really much. I really do. I love it. I love gossip time. I love getting... I, well, one, I know that it's me, <laughs> but I notice when I'm getting less blonde and I'm like, mm-hmm. I have to fix this. Well, I have started to notice uh, now that I, my hair is getting less and less dark because um, I dyed it darker and that's really bothering me. Although you told me that you had not noticed. No. You could so. also get root spray cover-up touch-up. I, I could... I, our hairdresser keeps recommending that I do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't think you understand how profoundly lazy I am. Uh, I, I do live with you. Yeah, so, so you have some yeah. idea. Um, you know who has luscious, luscious locks? Scott Howard. Scott Howard. Uh, because today we're going to be talking about Teen Wolf 1985 here on the Teen Wolf Free Wolf podcast, a podcast that normally covers MTV's Teen Wolf, but for this special bonus episode in between season five and six, we are going to talk about the movie that started it all, baby. My name is Christian. And I'm Julia. And we're ready to rock and roll. I have to say, I had never seen this movie. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I had a great time. It's so fun. It's a delight. I love a campy 80s romp. It also was coming out uh, around the time of like all of these other great campy 80s romps that I like truly love deeply with all my heart and soul. The fact that this came out the same year as Back to the Future, like obviously nowhere near as intelligent um, or high budge, but still a Michael J. Fox vehicle is insane. Iconic. It also Career came out year. <laughs> uh, the same year as Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Did it really? One of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. 1985. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. 1985, good year for movies. Banner year. Yeah. For movies that me specifically care about. And a lot of people. I mean, like, I think when you... It's really weird to mention, like, Back to the Future and not have people be like, oh, what a movie, right? I think Mm -hmm. it really does have such standing... like reverence and you know I remember renting it at Blockbuster with my siblings because it was like I think that's probably the first Back to the Future is probably the movie I have seen the most amount of times interesting I'm not sure which one that would be for me um actually no it's it's probably Finding Nemo but um Back to the Future is up there for sure I love it yeah um and this is also a fun just so fun I think it came out slightly before Back to the Future I'd have to double check um but it's glorious because it does have all of like that 80s campy fun, but it's like deliciously low budget compared to all of those other films. Yeah. Um, it has like, for comparison, I think this had like a one point something million dollar budget, which for even in the 80s was incredibly low. And Back to the Future had a 19 million dollar budget. So quite a gap in between. And I mean, you can tell... But it also was the 80s, so... So, well, I'm sure, actually, I look at it, and I'm like, this all looks like the 80s, but somebody back then would be like, this looks like shit. (laughs) So... Probably. Probably. Yeah. Um, I love this movie. I didn't watch it until after I had sort of fallen off of the series, which is really funny. Like, I didn't watch it because of MTV's Teen Wolf. 
and I hadn't watched it previous, even though I love Michael J. Fox. Um, I think I watched it on like a whim with like my sister. Mm-hmm. And as it often happens, that is how you watch most <laughs> movies. I also think that's the most organic way to experience movies. True. Because there's True. usually like a little bit of wine and a whole lot of shit talking involved. Um, but I remember being like, this is great. This is great. It has nothing to do with that MTV show I like, but this is great. <laughs> Pretty much nothing. Pretty much nothing. Um, similar names. Mm-hmm. Werewolves. They play sports. They play sport. It is a sports movie. I kind wish of. Scott McCall had tried to do the school play. <laughs> I actually kind of loved that aspect because, like, the really obvious go would be a cheerleader, and the, there's no cheerleader characters. They're no. there. Yeah. But they don't. I don't think any one of them speaks. Well, before we get into what we liked about this movie, what we didn't like, etc., we do have to tell the people what it's about. Uh, yes. Um, well, I first would like everybody to know this movie was written by Joseph Jeff Loeb III, who wrote for Smallville and Lost. Uh, he's also a prolific comic book artist, and he was the EVP of Marvel Television before it was like absorbed into the giant Marvel conglomerate that it is today. That's crazy. Fun fact. You know I love Smallville. Yes, I, I do know that. Um, and the other writer on the show, this movie, it's a movie, uh, is a guy named Matthew Wiseman who wrote for Teen Wolf's MTV. Um, and the sequel to this movie, which is called Teen Wolf 2. Teen Wolf 2. <laughs> we'll get to that. Have you heard of it? We hadn't. <laughs> we, no. Um, and it was directed by Rod Daniel, who uh, directed a movie called K-9, and also many episodes of one of my favorite TV shows of all time, WKRP in Cincinnati. Ah, yes, a yes. show you talk about that I have never seen. It is so unbelievably funny. You would love it, if only for the fashion. Uh, down to clown. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so before we get too into it, we do have to do our recap. So a reminder for new listeners to our bonus episodes, we don't do a 60-second recap. We do a timed recap. So it is competition to see who can try to describe everything that happens in this movie the fastest. And full disclosure, neither of us took any plot notes nope. while we're watching it. No, so. it's a 90-minute movie. I'm good. I mean, I'm not, but like... Do mm. I remember what happened, mostly? Am I going to do well? Mm. Who's to say? Well, I think, also, this is um, a very interesting way to do it because there's so many opportunities to shoot yourself in the foot because you are not waiting to be timed out, uh, and you feel like you can get a little confident yeah but no yeah you're like i'm totally sailing and then you do a four minute (laughs) recap and you're like okay so i was not i was not yeah (laughs) the way that putting a microphone in front of your face makes you like the dumbest person (laughs) no i was gonna say like uh undeservedly confident (laughs) it's true um i think that we can go ahead and do a classic Rock, paper, scissors for this one. Because <laughs> it's a bonus up. Yes. Are you ready? Sure. Uh-huh. On your mark, get set, go. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Oh! oh I think for the this... first time in Teen Wolf Rule history, <laughs> I, Christian Skillian, won Rock, paper, scissors. It is miraculous. Today, apparently, is just a banner day all around. It's Leo season. There was a big, like, you know, uh, astrological event that happened last week. Lots of good energy flowing here that allowed you to win. Are you telling me I can only win rock, paper, scissors with massive astrological events happening? Uh, maybe. Julia. No. I, I... You're just, just bummed because you have to go first. That's no, fine. I actually assumed that we would because I forgot about the rock, paper, scissoring. So. Oh, okay. Mm, well, you know. Here you are going first. I'm not ready, but. Oh, well, you better be. <laughs> Get ready to describe Teen Wolf in three, two, one. Okay, so Scott Howard is like really bad at playing basketball and he's super in love with this girl who doesn't know that he exists and he has a best friend named Boof and a best friend named Styles. Um, and then all of a sudden he starts like wolfing out in class and he doesn't really understand it. And his dad's like, actually, Scott, we have to talk. Um, I am a wolf and so are you. And he has a dead mom. Um, and then he decides that he is uh, going to try to like keep it a little secret to himself because he's really freaked out about it. But then when he's playing basketball one day uh, in a game, it all kind of like spills over and he turns into the wolf and the wolf is like this huge mega celebrity and Styles starts selling a tea 
t-shirts and they uh, urban surf and everybody's having like a really great time. He's super popular. He's super good at basketball now. They go to a party. Boof is like, I want to make out with you. And he's like, I'm, I'm not really about that. And then, uh, you know, there's like a dance. He signs up for the school play to get closer to this girl. There's bowling involved. Um, the girl has a boyfriend and she's very mean about it. Um, and then there's a big dance and Boof's like, well, I want to go with you and not the wolf. And Scott has a moment where he like scares the other girl's boyfriend um, and is like, I can't be the wolf anymore because uh, it's too much responsibility. I might kill someone. And then he decides to quit. And in the championship game, he shows up and decides he's not going to play at the wolf as the wolf, but they win anyway. All right. That was one eleven And largely incoherent. So let's see. But timely. <laughs> I don't, I feel like we, it takes us a lot longer to get through movie recaps because there's just so much more to chitty chat about. So, well, this movie blissfully is as we probably, I think, have mentioned, 90 minutes. Yeah. So well, I will say, uh, some of your stuff I know is slightly out of order, but now I'm mm-hmm. like, is that going to benefit me or really mess me up? <laughs> <laughs> Who's to say? Um, I'm gunning for you to do an amazing job. Hey, thanks. That is truly, like, I, <laughs> I have a feeling because I am so classically bad at recapping things. It's not that I don't know what happened. It's just the pressure gets to me <laughs> that I hope that everybody says, like, a little, like, prayer every time it gets to my turn. Well, we're also, like, recording this at the end of a work week. Yeah. Uh, we are tie-red. I'm tie-tie. We are. We are doing it, but it has been a journey to get here yes. so um a journey through all of <laughs> teen wolf season five i said this to you after we finished watching i was like aren't you so excited to like sit down and podcast about a thing we enjoyed watching um and for those of you who have been suffering along with us um we do like season six we promise yeah gang uh, like, I'm, 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 it's gangbusters i'm so excited i'm pumped um but to get there you must recap 1985's Teen Wolf. Okay. As quickly as you can. All right. Starting right now. So there's this kid called Scott Howard, and he's a total loser, and he's really bad at basketball. And then uh, his friend Styles is like, hey, we're going to go to a party, and I need to get a keg. And Scott's like, I can't help you. And then he goes into the liquor store and accidentally flashes red glowing eyes at the liquor store man. And he's like, you can have the keg. And they go to this party, and he's like, there's his other best friend, Boof, who's like, uh, they get put into like seven minutes in heaven. And he accidentally scratches her back, and he's like, what the F is happening to me? And he runs home, and he's like, Dad, what the F is happening to me? And his dad's like, oh, yeah, we should talk. And he turns into a werewolf, and his dad's like, oh, yeah, we're werewolves. And he's like, well, how do I deal with this? And then he's going to basketball. He's like, I'm not tell anybody and then he wolfs out on the basketball uh court and then he's like way good at basketball as a werewolf so he becomes into, like a local celebrity everyone's like this wolf is great and styles is like yeah we need to milk this for all it's worth we're gonna make a bunch of money and so while this is happening scott is like starting to ignore his friend boof even though she's super in love with him and trying to pursue this popular girl named pam who's got this uh boyfriend who plays for a rival team and his name is mick and he doesn't like scott and then there's like this vice principal who's like really mean to him because apparently like he hates werewolves like there is this sort of weird like hunter undercurrent that we don't talk about anyway after a while like Scott is getting really tired of the popularity and then Boof is like dude you're not yourself anymore and then they go to the dance together and Scott's like I have to be the wolf and like Boof is, Boof is like no please be Scott and he goes to Scott but then he wolfs out and accidentally tears like Mick apart because he asks like Pamela to dance or something weird like that I don't know anyway then he's like I can't be the wolf anymore I can't be this person I don't want to be violent and Styles is like could you please be the wolf I'm making a shitload of money on you and he's like no and he's like I'm gonna quit the basketball team and he doesn't quit the basketball team and decides that he's gonna play with a shitty basketball team and they're gonna win via teamwork and they do and then he kisses Boof and Styles is very proud of his best friend okay so I want you to know yeah that it was a minute and 34 but you were phenomenal. Thank you. You're welcome. Oh, I, re- I well, one, I have seen the movie before. I had seen it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I did have a little bit like, I will say that is an advantage, but I really, I was working and I was like vibing and I was like, suddenly I remembered every detail. You were cruising. And at, at a certain point when this was first starting, I was like, oh my God, I can't look at Christian. Cause I feel like if I look at you, I'm going to disrupt the flow. And uh, I want to say that you nailed it. Thank you. Cause you really did. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm happy to hear it. Um, so I'm going to give it to We both nailed it. You definitely beat me in time. I probably beat you in content. Uh, um, so it evens out. So it evens out. Because the content is important. It is. But also not wasting time is important. 
Uh, I'm very, I love to waste time. I know. It's kind of the MO of this podcast. (laughs) Um, So obviously, like, our bonus episodes work a little differently. We're not going to be doing anything through a theme. We don't do as big of character studies. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about what works about this movie, what doesn't work about this movie, what the cultural legacy of this movie is, and a little bit of where are they now for our actors. Spoiler alert. Michael J. Fox, (laughs) crazy things happened. (laughs) uh where would you like to start first on our what works category um i think this movie really excels in physical comedy it is so funny there is an extended scene when scott is trying to get to a bathroom because he's like wolfing out and the janitor's like you can't go in this bathroom because it's wet and he starts running down the hallway and the janitor's like "Mm, that's wet too there is like three (laughs) inches of water in this hallway and he slips and the scene goes on for so long long. and and instead of it being like yeah the bit's over it just keeps getting funnier (laughs) Which is interesting because, like, there are some moments in this movie that, like, really drag on. But I could have watched another 10, 20 seconds of that. It was so So funny. funny. It was excellent. It was great. I think all of the sort of gags, like, at the drinking game, like, the sexy drinking game they're playing at the party, like, work pretty well. (laughs) Like, I was like, this party seems lame. And then it got to the weird game they're playing. And I was like, I don't know. Maybe it's fun. Uh, I couldn't tell you if that's what like parties used to be like but when styles dumps that jello down that woman's shirt and it's like you man have to eat all of that excellent yeah so funny well i would ask uh my mom if that's what parties were like in the 80s but i don't want to know i don't want to hear it from my mom (laughs) Um, some things are better left unsaid some things are better left mean just not thinking too hard about it um yeah there is this great scene where Styles like barges into the Howard's house and uh, Scott's dad is facing away from Styles <laughs> and is like nice t-shirt Styles, which is like clear that Styles is always wearing like really offensive and stupid t-shirts, which I think they did bring in a little bit of that into the M- MTV show. Like Styles has like a bunch of like graphic tees. Yeah. Does um, it, I'm pretty sure Dylan O'Brien like kept the Beatles one. Yeah. I don't know why everyone's so obsessed with it, but it is cute. Yeah. Uh, I think he's wearing, I I think Styles of New is wearing like a Who t-shirt in the first episode. Possibly. Yeah. Um, Very funny. Very funny. Um, Styles is a really big part of that physical comedy. The whole like surfing thing on the van. Incredible. (laughs) The fact that Beach Boys plays twice. (laughs) The same song. Actually, do you know what really gets me about that particular aspect of uh, the physical comedy and the movie is that Styles jumps into the van, and in order to do this urban surfing, he puts on a Hawaiian shirt. He changes his shirt and puts on a different one to match the vibe. Yeah, dude. Respect. 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 I will even say, like, as much as, like, Styles of MTV Teen Wolf is these best character <laughs> there's an element to this styles that is great like the thing about scott and styles in mtv teen wolf being like both losers who like only have each other is like part of the big like emotional arc of the show but the fact that like scott somehow has this like a really cool popular friend <laughs> who like does a bunch of drugs and has a bunch of other people who are always following him around and like dresses really cool is like brilliant <laughs> It's so, so good. Um, and it's it's kind of funny because it, it makes you think, oh, like, Scott and Styles are, like, real friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing that I kind of love about that is that this Styles is also weird. So it's weird. It's not like he's a normal high school boy who got popular. It's like, oh, people saw that weird kid and were like, I like you. He's always wearing colorful pants and he's yeah. always wearing sunglasses, which was like the big 80s joke of it being like, oh, he's stoned, <laughs> which is funny because if I see somebody wearing sunglasses inside during the middle of the day, I assume they're hungover. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, could be, could be a zesty blend. Yeah. Poor of both those, things. Yeah. Um, and I think that it's kind of annoying. I think that when you see Styles be like not as good of a friend. To Scott Howard as Styles Delinsky is to Scott McCall, but I think that it adds a little bit more um, drama that there is a, a social pressure that is really close to Scott Howard, 
um, in, you know, him wanting to be the wolf. I also think what works, I think it's cool that everyone knows. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's, it's a just, it's kind of an interesting take on the, you have great power and with great power comes great responsibility. And instead of like, you have to save the world, but no one can know it. That's your responsibility. It's like, you then become the school mascot and you like lead the basketball team to victory. That's your responsibility. I think it's, um, funny. And it's like a closer examination of what it feels like to be a teenager. I also think it's kind of an interesting comment on like celebrity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on, totally. Like, what you're, what you, the image you've created makes you owe to people. Yeah. And it's like, everybody wants to see the wolf despite the fact that the wolf is Scott and Scott is the wolf. They're treated mm-hmm. as very different things. I think it's interesting how Scott doesn't have powers when he's not transformed. Mm-hmm. He's just still tiny little Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox. <laughs> Bless. Is so handsome. <laughs> he, I don't think he gets to be as handsome in this movie as he does no, in Back to the Future, which true. is interesting because it happened at the same time. It's not like he had a little glow up in like the years in between. Not that he needed one, but I feel like... No, but there's a level of Back to the Future where you're like, Marty McFly is cool. Marty McFly is cool yeah he's fucking cool he's good at skateboarding and he's got his like outfit with the vest and the jean jacket and he hangs out with like some a nuclear scientist <laughs> scientist yeah um he has a girlfriend already like yeah yeah um versus scott howard who like could not care less about yeah. the girl who's clearly in love with him who is for some inexplicable reason named boof <laughs> yeah okay question <laughs> for the writers of original teen wolf Dude, what? <laughs> also, question for the writers of later Teen Wolf. Why didn't you keep him Scott Howard? Well, I actually, that's one of my big questions because, like, uh, it's not as though McCall is a, like, explicitly Hispanic last name. Yeah. If that's what they were trying to go for. It does seem odd. Yeah. That they would not have uh, just gone full full speed yeah. to changing it up. What did you say Styles of 85 Teen Wolf's first name is? Rupert. But I only know that because of Wikipedia. <laughs> okay. Um, but I do, like, I get that they, you know, like, played the long game with a joke about Styles, like, not having a first name in MTV <laughs> Teen Wolf. But I kind of like the idea of just being like, oh, yeah, his first name is lame, so we call him by his last name. Or, yeah, um, or impronounceable, but, like, Rupert. I have a friend named Polish John, and the reason we call him Polish John <laughs> is because his last name is so hard to pronounce, even he has trouble pronouncing it. That is incredibly funny. So he's just Polish John. I want you to know that I did just look it up, and Boof's, like, first name is Lisa. They, they I, <laughs> okay, well, if they had a, a scene explaining, like, how she got that nickname, I'd be like, okay. Or even, like... Buffy is a nickname for Elizabeth. Yeah. You know, like weird rich people names are weird, mm-hmm. but they usually have like I I just intrinsically know that from having consumed like pop culture or whatever. Boof, no idea. Yeah. Absolutely no clue. If any of our <laughs> listeners understand, are you nicknamed Boof listeners? <laughs> are any of you nicknamed Boof? Um if you are, I'm sorry, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I know, like, the Urban Dictionary definition of Boof, but I don't think that's where she got her <laughs> name, so... Probably not. Um, also, where would I be without Urban Dictionary? Literally. <laughs> prevents you from asking some of the worst questions you'd ever have to ask. Yeah. Anywho. Um, and explaining things you don't want to explain. Literally. People would be like, what's that mean? I'm like, you, Google. <laughs> Urban Dictionary will tell you. Here's the thing. Like, I actually, if someone's like, oh, elaborate on that. I'm never going to be Google is freeing somebody if I have information that is easy for me to, uh, you know, offer. Mm-hmm. But I consider anything that would be like having secondary knowledge to understand. <laughs> Like I'm never gonna I'm never gonna explain a meme to somebody. No, That's no, what no. know your meme is for. That's what know your meme is for. And also, once you get past like two layers of meme, I, no, you no. there's no hope for no, you. No, I can't like. Um, I'm yeah. like in 2012, somebody <laughs> took a picture of some mountain goats eating some salt, <laughs> and I'm like, 
<laughs> After that, like, I'm done. I can't even I can't. begin. You know what else works about this movie? Hmm. Teen antics. Like, yes. I, we keep talking about how much we miss, like, the teenagerdom of MTV Teen Wolf. As it progresses, it gets so much more adult and so much darker. And, like, while I kind of wish this movie was slightly more sinister because I feel like the stakes are pretty low, mm-hmm. um, I loved the shenanigans. I love the scene when he's walking down the hallway as a wolf and everyone's like high-fiving him and <laughs> hugging him because I think that there was this sort of really hilarious um, misconception or even like creation of the idea of popularity that happened in the 80s and 90s that like didn't exist then and does not exist in high schools now. Like the plastics don't exist. No. Or if they did, I didn't know about them. <laughs> yeah. Who? Yeah, like popular kids like don't exist in your high school and nerds don't really care about the people who would be considered popular even if they did. Um, well, it's funny because the po- there are kids who think they are the popular kids. Sure. It my, is just not the my same. My high school had over a thousand kids in yeah. it. Like, I didn't know who was popular. <laughs> I didn't care. I was a theater kid. I was automatically at the bottom of the totem pole. <laughs> Last on the food chain. Uh yeah yeah but there's like there's basketball there's high school theater there is a high school theater director who gets lampooned and honestly i think he probably deserves it it's such easy uh cannon fodder Mm -hmm. but uh yeah i particularly being like in quarantine and like being old um i've been like reminiscing on what it was like to be in high school or even when they're like urban surfing I was like god I wish I was as stupid as I was when I was 17 I used to do the (laughs) dumbest most dangerous shit imaginable I used to be so fun and now I am far less and now I have a teen wolf podcast Um, yeah, I loved the high school antics. Like I said, like the party was, I was like, this is like hilariously scandalous, but it's also really funny. Like it's sort of, um, I think the game they're playing like gives a little bit, well, you know, in like Teen Wolf and a lot of teen shows, it's like, oh, those two just went upstairs because they're going to fuck. <laughs> like the <laughs> idea that this is a drinking game that they're all playing. And if you end up with your shirt off, it's like part of the game. It's like so much less, um, it's so much less voyeuristic to watch because it's just kind of teenagers fucking around as opposed to it being like, it's sexy because they're teenagers who fuck, <laughs> which I have always hated in the teen canon. So yeah, no, it's just like the teen antics, the funny, stupid shit, shit they pull, the trying to get the keg when they don't have an ID. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah, I will say one of the um, things that makes it really hard for me to watch certain 80s movies is that they are either the saddest things you have ever seen in your life, like teen movies. Pretty in Pink is the saddest movie I've ever seen. The Breakfast Club is so sad. It's so sad. I will say, John Hughes is from my hometown, and knowing everything I know about my hometown, (laughs) yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) That tracks. Um, But the other thing about a lot of like 80s high school teen movies, I'm like, I am so humiliated right now. For all of you. And there's not a lot of secondhand embarrassment in this one. And I do think you're right. I think mm-hmm. that secondhand embarrassment is a big part of the 80s teen canon. Yeah. I, when we were watching the party scene, I was sitting there thinking to myself, all of these um, people who are participating seem to be consenting active participants as opposed to like, oh, the nerdy girl came to the party. Let's like put the spotlight on her. Everyone just wants to play Styles' like stupid game. Yeah. Well, you were laughing at the jello thing when he dumps the jello down that girl's shirt and like the guy whose name she picked is Chubbs, who's like the fat kid who's kind of like a joke that we'll talk about later. But both of them think it's funny. She's not mm-hmm. like, ew, get away from me, unpopular fat kid. It's like part of the game that everyone, again, is consenting and participating in. So I think that there is like, we've removed the sort of like, nanny nanny boo boo part of like (laughs) kids being unpopular in this school and part of that is maybe because no because that even happens before scott is the wolf like there is a sort of like agreement that like the social contract of like everyone's status kind of goes away in this environment and i like like that i do too i think it's um a little bit more realistic to life um And it's just kind of, it's, I don't want to be like, it's a joy to watch, but in comparison to a lot of other like teen media that you consume, it's comfortable. It's pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. I have a good, I had a good time. Yeah. What else works? Um, I loved the soundtrack. Great. To this movie. Like we said, the Beach Boys, (laughs) Surfing USA plays twice. Staying Alive plays. Well, and it's funny because 
the wolf design. Yeah. Looks. He looks like a BG. He looks like one of the BGs. What's also funny about it is when you think about like Surfing USA and like Staying Alive, it's like if we watched a movie now and a song from like, you know, 2010 was in it, we'd be like, oh, that's from last decade. It's funny because it has this sort of cultural resonance of being slightly outdated, but like also, you know, mm-hmm. put into this thing to give that like. It sort of, like, reflects um, a nostalgia that, like, we kind of don't touch into as much because we're watching this so far into the future. But, like, if, if you were watching a movie and Tongue Tide played, you'd be like, oh, 2010s, right? <laughs> so I'm sure the people who are watching Teen Wolf and Staying Alive plays, and they're like, this song is from, you know, seven years ago. It's a yeah. different feeling. Yeah. And it's just so fun. There's, like, an original song that plays at the end of this movie um, about winning basketball, I guess. Um, and it's fun. And there's, like, some synth pop that plays. Oh, this, like, yeah, all of the sort of, um, like, theme music that mm-hmm. plays, like, to sort of, you know, <laughs> demonstrate what mood you're supposed to be in is all these, like, womp womp, like, 80s synth pop <laughs> little ditties. And it's great because I love synth pop. I also love it. Nine times, no, eight times out of ten, when music tells me what to do in a movie, mm, like I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go five <laughs> times out of ten. Um, like I don't, I don't need it to be moved, but I also appreciate it in certain aspects because, like, songs become iconic of certain movies, and like clearly that wasn't the case here, but it is really solid. Yeah, yeah, and I will also say, like, this was also definitely a decade of songs becoming iconic to movies. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, say anything. Like I said, The Breakfast Club, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that that's necessarily too far removed from, like, the 90s, 2000s teen movies. But there's no songs into All the Boys I Loved Before where I'm like, oh, yeah, I associate that with that movie. No. It's it's kind of dropped off as a... Bummer. It shouldn't. (laughs) I don't... I mean, I don't know why. I don't know if it's because of, like, the quantity of movies that are coming out now or, like, the way that people don't really listen to the radio. Like, I don't really know what it is but maybe um, i don't know like okay i we have not seen this movie yet although i intend to the new like suicide squad movie uh-huh. when i was watching the trailer um it, it's like a minute in and steely dan's dirty work drops and you're like oh i'm down to clown with mm-hmm. this movie i'm here for this movie because like that's what steely dan says to me but i am having a hard time thinking of like other songs that would get me uh, hype in that way in like a Suicide Squad type trailer. Uh, when we saw uh, Harley Quinn, Barracuda played and True. we both went nuts. So that's yeah. a lie. <laughs> but it's it's very it's very similar. Like those are older songs. Yeah. Um, so it's hard to think of like contemporaneous music that I'm like, yeah, this needs to be. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, so the physical comedy works. Styles is great. Um... I love that the school knows. My last thing is just kind of on costuming. And like sometimes mm-hmm. when I watch stuff like this, I'm like, do I like the costuming? Do I think it's particularly good? Or is it just of the time? And therefore I find it interesting to look at. But I do like the costuming. Like all of the characters have really specific garb that they go to. So obviously like Pam is wearing all this like pink and she's wearing a lot of like frilly stuff. And she's wearing like this sort of weirdly sexy underwear for a a teenager and then boof is wearing sort of more of like the girl next door a little bit more reserved stuff um i mentioned how great all of the styles costuming is with like the bright bright colored pants and the sunglasses and and the jackets and the t-shirts but even scott and mick both have good costuming pieces like mick is sort of supposed to it's very like 80s nostalgic greaser type of look with Mm -hmm. the white t-shirt and the jean jackets and he's got the dark hair and then scott is like it's interesting. You know, he does have moments where he looks cooler. Like, he, there's this, like, one bomber jacket he's wearing that's blue when he's, like, walking with Boof down the street. But then there's moments where he's being, like, totally himself and he's just wearing, like, a flannel. Mm-hmm. So I do think the costume design was good. I also just find it more intriguing because it is of the fashion of the time, which I would have loved participating again <laughs> because I think I would have looked really good in it. And unfortunately, uh, the 90s are coming back instead i do like the 90s also though the thing i can't Can't handle is well no as long as the waistlines are high i'm good Mm, that's true uh i would agree with what you said i think it's hard to judge at least from my perspective because i wouldn't really know um boof wears this really great sweater at the beginning of it Um, she wears it twice the vest no it's like a 
it's like kind of like an ombre, although I don't know if that's like intentional or if it's just the way that it's lit. Um, but it's like got little pom poms on it. Oh and yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, it's really good. Like Scott wears a white suit to the dance. Um, there is something so charming, I think, about the way that '80s fashion was kind of trying to draw from the '50s, and I think that you saw a lot of that in this movie. Which again, is it of the time or was it intentional? Um, but I just really like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I like the, I like the white suit too. In particular, like, I also think they had to put him in a white suit because they were going to cover him in fur. And if you put him yeah. in a, bra- a black suit, you wouldn't be able to, there wouldn't be enough contrast. But true, true. Yeah, no, um, it looked good. I think we should move into what doesn't work. Let's do that. Frankly, like, this movie is accomplishing what it is supposed to. Um, and a, a lot of our complaints are just going to be sort of timely issues. Like, we've sort of moved on. Like, there's aspects that didn't quite age very well. But, like, because Teen Wolf... 1985 isn't taking on the conflict and like moral quandary and like big heightened ideas that MTV Teen Wolf is doing. It's not quite uh, as big of a schlog to like dissect big parts of, right? I agree. Um, one of the things that I wrote down while we were watching and that you mentioned earlier is it just feels really low stakes. Um, yeah. We're not, I'm not really sure that anybody has an objective. Um, and even like the bits of Scott being kind of agonized over whether or not people like him for the wolf or like him for himself feel they it feels like it calls falls kind of flat in comparison to the rest of like the physical comedy and everything that works about the movie. Um, there is this bizarre moment that is dropped and never mentioned again when Scott goes bowling with the mean theater girl who has a boyfriend, Pam, Pam, and her boyfriend, Mick is like, your, yo mama used to steal chickens out of my yard and I blew her head off with a shotgun. And like Scott gets really angry about that. We literally, we have no idea what happened to his mother. That could be real. That could be fake. What in the world is that about? I'm really wondering if there was a darker version of this script upon first draft and like studio editing or whatever was like, no, it needs to be more fun. It needs to be a teen movie to sell it to kids. Entirely possible. That just feels like an incredibly weird thing to leave in and not explain at all. Yeah. Um, Especially because we never explain, like it's never actually confirmed how his mom dies, you know? No, we just know that she's gone. Yeah. Um, which is sad. Um, Even in the original Teen Wolf, only one parent. You can only have one You can one only parent. have one. <laughs> uh, yeah, so there's... It's also, um, I think, probably because there's n- it's not really high stakes or there's it's not as dark as like MTV's Teen Wolf. It's just not sexy. It's not very sexy. Which no. is not a problem. Well, I, but like, <laughs> I remember seeing an interview with Jeff Davis about talking about updating the werewolf design to make it sexier. And, like, fact of the matter is, is, like, the sort of, like, wolf man, because they don't make him look like a werewolf. They make him look like the wolf man. Mm-hmm. Um, like, makeup they put on Michael J. Fox, I can't imagine how hot he was the entire time he was filming this movie, is hideous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's ugly. It's I would not have approved that design, especially no. if you were trying to make him look like some hotshot. Well, what's interesting is I feel like the Teen Wolves in teen, MTV's Teen Wolf aren't particularly hot in terms of the way that they make them up in the face. Um, but it is like there's something sexier about it. And it's far less about like being a completely separate separate like being than shifting or changing yourself um in the in the show and again like you said this movie sets out what it uh, this movie accomplishes what it sets out to do so perhaps uh nitpicking about this is not very helpful because um i don't it's not trying to be serious but i wish that it that there was some more gravity or stakes or something to ground it more firmly in the real world yeah i agree i mean we're a little bit going back to your original point and i think that you know there is a level of being like yeah in high school your social status is the end all be all but like that's not we weren't even doing that in the movies in the, you know we just talk about pretty in pink like yeah even the movies can coming out contemporaneously were not that um jovial mm-hmm. i mean there definitely were like there are also weirder weirder stuff like stuff like weird science that is you know not playing on like life yeah. stakes um but 
You're right. Like, I think that, yeah, being your, being true to yourself and still being good at basketball is not quite um, doing it. <laughs> no. And it, it borrows so many tropes from other movies of the era, particularly teen ones, that I'm like, this. it doesn't feel super original. Like, the fact that Styles starts, telling, starts selling t-shirts, it's like the entrepreneurial best friend. I feel like that's a big trope in 80s movies. Yes. Um, yeah, so there's just, it was a lot of stuff. Um, that probably could have been made a little bit cleaner. Agreed. So. Um, what else doesn't work? Um, well, you mentioned that a lot of things uh, that happen in this movie are kind of outdated, to put it nicely. Yeah, there is a scene where Scott is trying to tell uh, Styles that he's a werewolf. And Styles is like, oh, you're not trying to tell me that you are an, and then says the F-slur. Um, and it's funny cause it didn't actually shock me all that much just cause I've seen enough movies and been enough, around enough high school dudes to be like, <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. But even if that were the joke in a movie now, it would not be played the same way. Cause I was like, cause I don't know if I can handle that. And it's like, not necessarily that he would like reject Scott if Scott were gay, but he's just kind of like, I'm busy. <laughs> but like. I- now, if that if they played that joke, he would have been like, man, I'm here for you. You can definitely be yourself around me. And then Scott would have to be like, no, I'm not gay. I'm a werewolf. <laughs> but thank you for your support. So the way, the fact of the matter, the, like the fact that there is a way to do that joke where it wouldn't be like, you know, saying the F slur three times in 30 seconds. Um, oh, they're, they're rapid fire too. Like, yeah. It just rolls off the tongue yeah. so Which, easily. Again, I went to high school in 2010. <laughs> I, I'm it's really hard to face me. God, that's so true. <laughs> like legit, man, there's a chance if somebody called you that, the teachers would laugh. <laughs> it's not funny, but like, just so you guys know, the world has changed a whole bunch. <laughs> I really think it's not even that you had have to have been in high school in that era, but literally if you watch a singular episode of America's Next Top Model from that era, you're like, oh, I get it. I get it. <laughs> the ways we have progressed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, stuff like that. Like I said earlier about like the Chubbs thing. At some points it feels like Chubbs, who does not get another name in the movie, is in on the fat joke, but mostly it's still a fat joke. <laughs> yeah. Which just... Par for the course, for the time. Yeah. Um, and I wish we could say that we have moved on from that being um, a No, a because funny Avengers Endgame thing. was one giant fat joke about Thor, so... Yeah, so... Uh, we haven't. We, in this house, love and support fat Thor yeah. in all his glory. Um, yeah, it's just, like, kind of a bummer. It's... I think when you sit down to watch a movie and you're like, this movie was made in 1985... You go in expecting certain things. You're like, oh, I expect this to be problematic, and then it is, and you're like, yeah. All right. (laughs) But also, like, again, as much as I'm sitting here being like, that didn't age well, that's offensive, I'm also like, par for the course. Mm -hmm. I was not not expecting it. Yeah. Um, And uh, I think if you come in being like, that was so offensive, like... There are worse things. (laughs) No, it's not even like there are worse things. It's like you need to approach this with nuance. You need to be like... Well, here's why we now think that was offensive and move on with your life. Yeah. Not on a, um, like, social, like, justice or just even being a decent human being level. I think that it is legitimately a crime that nobody in the MTV uh, Teen Wolf series calls Scott Scotty. It upsets me. That's so, that was, was so a cute. left turn. Yeah, I did think it was cute. Um, there was a couple things where I was like, that would have been a really good bit to incorporate in the series. And maybe that is mm-hmm. part of stuff that doesn't work, stuff that didn't translate. Yeah. Stuff that really easily could have translated, like, the dog whistle bit, you know? So funny. I get that that's what the Argent submitters are supposed to be like, but I think just the idea that it's, like, an actual dog <laughs> whistle drives him nuts is great. Yeah. It's, well, ugh. again, the fact that the Team Wolf series is so serious and they've got their fancy little frequency emitters and the Dread Doctors operate on a frequency you can't even imagine. Um, you God, know. they're stupid. <laughs> so dumb. Uh, yeah, there's just a few things that, um, like... I think would have kept a little bit more of the integrity of the original idea, but I also, I don't need it. No, I don't. Cause I also okay. like honor and like these things are separate pieces mm-hmm. of media. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? Um, and like any people can be inspired by anything, you know? Yeah. 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 
half of the fan fiction people write has nothing to do <laughs> with like the plot of the thing that they're writing it about not even the universe so uh, that is incredibly true so we'll just like <laughs> say that teen wolf mtv teen wolf is incredibly successful teen wolf 1985 fan fiction and i approve that yeah i like it two thumbs up we definitely put our stamp of approval on it when we decided to podcast the <laughs> entire thing. Yeah, just in case anybody had any questions about where we stand or how we feel about MTV's Teen Wolf, despite spending the last five, six, seven weeks in pain. Well, that's not my fault. Like, <laughs> no. Teen Wolf got bad. True, true. Um, anywho, I think we already touched on this a little bit, like how low the stakes are. Another thing I really don't think works is the love triangle. Yeah, it's weird. Both of the women seem really assertive. They're Um, also just such cardboard. Yes. Uh, They're both kind of mean to him. Yeah. Um, Scott doesn't seem to have, like, literally any idea about what he wants, except for the fact that Pam is blonde. I, I, or pretty it, or it seems unattainable. Like his thing about her is that she's yeah she's unattainable. Yeah, and Boofus is like best friend. friend. Yeah, who he does not. He's not very nice to in general. So I yeah it doesn't really work for me either. I'm not particularly thrilled or moved when they you know smoochies at the end of this movie. No, and like the whole thing about Pam is like they had an opportunity to make her desirable by making her interesting, but instead they were like, well, she's hot and blonde, so. And then they even sort of pitched this thing about how like the theater teacher has like a crush on her or something, which is like, that is so boring and weird. And yeah, low hanging fruit. Yeah, I would say. Yeah. So if they had actually done the work to make Pam seem like an interesting person who like actually is somebody like Scott would want to pursue and then realizes he doesn't actually like that much. That would be interesting. And like, it's also like the girl next door, like the one who, you know, you always overlooked, but was always the one for you type of thing is so overdone and you didn't do anything to make it interesting is like, I'm bored. I'm bored. I'm bored. And I, I feel like we did just sit here being like, oh, it's par for the course. Like, it is of the times. And, like, sure. But that doesn't mean that it can't be bad or boring. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, like, movies that are coming out right now of the times are also bad and boring. So. So. <laughs> yeah. It didn't work for me either, I will say. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's low stakes. It's a little... It doesn't live up to its highest intelligence. There was a way that this movie could be so much smarter, and it wasn't. I think the camp is both its triumph and its downfall. Yeah, and I mean, like, what you said about the writer moving on to do stuff like Lost and Smallville, Mm -hmm. both of which I find pretty intelligent. Like, clearly this is, like, beginning of your career type of stuff. Like, that's crazy Mm -hmm. um, to move on to do such stuff that, you know, have such cultural reverence. Um... But yeah, this is, it's, it's, it's basic. I think that's where we're at. It's, it's really, it's fun. It's a sleepover movie. Oh, I, I kind of like that idea. Cause they yeah. don't make sleepover movies anymore. Unless you count the movie sleepover, which did come out in what? 2004. So they don't make so. it anymore. <laughs> but if you haven't seen the movie sleepover. sleepover. Oh, with Alexa Penavega and uh, Evan Peters, Evan Peters <laughs> and Sarah Paxton. Where, where did Sarah Paxton go? I don't know. We miss you. I, I don't know. I miss you. Can't speak for others. I was a little upset about her casting as Marnie in the fourth Halloween town, but also that's not really her it's fault. It's not her fault. No, no. That's her agent and um, Disney being stupid. Um, but yeah, everybody watched Sleepover. Also, Steve Carell is in that movie. Yeah, he plays the cop. Yeah, he does. Yeah, I remember him spitting Coke back into the can. Disgusting. Nasty. What else is a good Sleepover movie? Uh, I feel like Mean Girls is the classic. 13 Going on 30. 13 Going on 30 is oh, like the ultimate. It is my favorite rom com, maybe ever. It's so good. And the, like the scene. Including <laughs> What's Your Number, obviously. Uh, duh. That I would not call a sleepover movie. No, no, that is a you should. Like, it's not a high school movie. <laughs> what's Your Number is truly a rom com for like mean women in their 20s. So, like you and me, obviously. Yeah, duh. Yeah. That's why we have it on DVD. Uh, let's do a little bit of cultural legacy. I think this is kind of going to be about our conversation, mostly talking about MTV Teen Wolf. Mm-hmm. 
to think that this movie could get extrapolated into the series that it did is pretty phenomenal. Well, I will say, uh, obviously, like a lot of work has gone into it and it stands so well as um, its own show, but they owe so much of that to Buffy. Yeah. Um, Because the original Buffy movie came out in 1992, and I want to say that the first season of Buffy was in 98. Um, So it had already been modeled before the way to take like a camp kind of satirical movie um, and turn it into something really serious that focused on teens. Um, And given how special and cool Buffy was, I think it is very cool and um, kind of amazing that they were able to duplicate that a second time Mm -hmm. with Teen Wolf. Yeah, I even think having that be your base movie, because, like, you know, you and I have always been like, where's the teen show based on the craft? Um, Where is it? I think about that all the time. If anyone's writing it, um, let me put you in touch with my agent. I would deeply like to be in it. (laughs) I, you know, there's a bunch of other movies that could have launched something like that, genre movies. Like, because teen... I actually feel like teen genre has sort of had a waning period when the teen movies of the 2000s were getting really popular and then the sort of re-entering the... Um, well, most probably re-entered the cultural scene with, like, the Vampire Diaries and stuff. Um, well, there was a an attempt, like, a couple of years ago, I want to say 20, 2009, um, to turn 10 Things I Hate About You into a CW series, which lasted, I want to say, like, an, a series, a season and a half. Um, Wait, what? Yeah. How do I not know about this? I can't remember who's in it, but... What um, kind of teen television historian <laughs> am I? Yeah, it's it's literally called 10 Things I Hate About You, the TV show version. Um, but that, like, crashed and burned, and I, I don't really know why, because I was not um, a person who was, like, aware of television at that point in time. Um, and I think it's really interesting that, like, I think both Buffy and Teen Wolf succeed because they're genre shows. Yeah, I mean, I also think, like, genre is always going to have a more committed audience, mm-hmm. um, a more, like, sort of um, excited audience, because they're generally underserved. Good genre is really hard to find. Yeah, it's it's scar- It's like a scarcity problem, yeah. and I think that also pushes writers to make it good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, like I said, for a while, from, like, probably, like, 2001 to, like, 2010 whenever the vampire stuff started kicking off really hard to find Mm -hmm. i think the the thing the only thing i can think of are smallville which is genre insofar as it's like a superhero show and then like supernatural yeah i mean i'm sure that there's more out there that's kind of like niche yeah um but the fact that like teen wolf had such mainstream success says a lot about um its ability to kind of like transcend genre almost in a way but also to build up this incredibly loyal fan base um the fact that it was on mtv and so they were kind of able to get away with things that they might not otherwise have been able to do on other networks definitely not the cw yeah teen Wolf- at the time teen like the funny thing is like <laughs> you know hashtag degrassi it goes there teen wolf went there in a way that degrassi never did <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that that legacy, like that this movie could build on something that was so incredible, so important to us, so important to the wolf pack is awesome. And I know that we've heard people being like, oh, I didn't really like the movie. My recommendation to you, they're not achieving the same things. They're not trying to do the same thing. You should go into the Teen Wolf 1985 movie being like, this is a fun, campy 80s romp. I'm just here to have a good time. And then approach MTV's Teen Wolf as being like, this is you know quasi prestige drama i would agree yeah yeah um a little bit of where are they now we kind of really only have to touch on michael j fox who ended up having a prolific career in spite of a parkinson's diagnosis following his um role in doc hollywood which is actually one of my favorite movies interesting i don't know that i've ever seen it you would love it woody harrelson's in it Love of my life, Woody Harrelson. I know. I knew the second I'd say that, you'd be like, oh, I'm in. Um, yeah. Um, Michael J. Fox has incredible presence. I mean. He's 5'4". I fact, just want to say but that. But he takes up like the screen in a way where you're like, I don't want to look away from him. I said earlier in this, I think he is so incredibly handsome. Mm-hmm. Um, an absolute fox, if, if you, you will. will. <laughs> um, and ended up having 
a prolific career again in spite of his diagnosis is technically retired but is still acting (laughs) well because like who wouldn't love to have michael j fox just like guest on something yeah he had his own sitcom in i think like 2014 or something like that i think i remember that Mm -hmm. um he's raised an incredible amount of money towards um parkinson's research um, has written many books, has a little bit changed his tone about his Parkinson's diagnosis in re- recent years. Um, it used to always be like, optimism is the main thing. Everyone be happy. And now he's a little bit like, actually having par- Parkinson's sucks, which I think <laughs> a lot of people find really affirming because they're like, yeah, having Parkinson's would suck. Yeah. And being open about your problems sucking is far more comforting. Um, so I think that like Michael J. Fox serves a, a really wonderful place in culture, not only as a really good actor, I think, an incredible presence, um, an incredible personality, but also, like, a, an awesome advocate and cool person to exist. Like, to be publicly disabled in the way that he is is extremely powerful and I think kind of paved the way for a lot of other people to be publicly disabled in Hollywood, which is amazing. We were just talking about, like, the sort of how many actresses we can name who have come forward saying that they have MS. Yeah, Selma Blair and Rachel Miner and... Yeah, and it's amazing that they, like, feel comfortable enough to talk about it and not just to talk. Like, I remember Selma Blair recently did this incredible photo shoot with her cane. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I, I love being, the fact that they're, like, able to live that authentically um, on a public, fa- in a public-facing way. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting, like, as much as, I, I'm not trying to attribute their courage for living publicly with MS to, like, Michael J. Fox entirely, <laughs> no. but, like, you're right. Being publicly disabled in the way that he is and continuing to act while having Parkinson's is, is well, incredibly brave, especially considering, like, he was diagnosed in, like, 88. Mm-hmm. A lot long time ago. Now. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not, it's not like, entirely because of him, but because of people like him, like, you know, exposure changes things. It totally does. And again, like, when you watch him, you're like, yes, he does have Parkinson's, but he really hasn't lost any of his like you know like again his stage presence like the way that he conducts himself the choices he makes like i still think that he's a really fun actor to walk walk watch it's it's a it's a friday it's a really long it's been a long day it's been a long day (laughs) and i just really you know what's you know how people are like that's a celebrity i think i could really be friends with yeah my dad's like big celebrity who's like i think i could really be friends with is michael j fox I could see, I mean, I don't know Michael J. Fox, but I have met your dad and I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. My yeah. dad gets along with everybody. That's true. Yeah. Um, but I love watching this as such an early part of his career um, and knowing that he would go on to star in one of the biggest franchises of all time, a franchise that has touched you and me very dearly. And to the core of my heart. It's it's so interesting to see these, the stars of kind of that era how young they started like i just watched uh war games which stars a 21 year old matthew broderick yeah so t- teeny weeny and i want to say that michael j fox was like 24 mm-hmm. when he made this movie like so young and you watch him like become a human like another a big human a big human he's like an, tiny, adult yeah. human. <laughs> an adult yeah um it's just it's neat i don't think you get to watch people in quite that way anymore i don't know it's I, different. Well, you know what? I was funny because we were talking about this when we were watching it. I was like, you've still never seen Donnie Darko. But I'm always like, Donnie Darko is like that 21-year-old Jake Gyllenhaal, <laughs> teeny-weeny baby. Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Um, who apparently doesn't shower. Jake, you didn't have to tell us that. <laughs> I can't believe that this is something I'm going to say on the podcast. But, you know, you should shower. If anybody who's listening to this who doesn't shower regularly... <laughs> Please which shower. I'm assuming is no one, but just in case. Yeah. Shower. Jake Gyllenhaal's like, it's not a problem. Yeah, because no one's going to tell Jake Gyllenhaal he smells <laughs> bad, dude. Come True. on. Um, We're kind of done on a cultural legacy after gushing about Michael J. Fox for however long. I'll do it again. I'll come back and do it <laughs> next week. But uh, how would you rate this movie? What do you give it? What's its grade? I'm going to give it a B plus. Um. Because an A minus seems kind of mean. Like, I think that B plus is like, you did your absolute best. I had a really great time watching it. Is it something I'm going to sit down to watch again in the next year or so? No. Maybe at a slumber party. Maybe at a slumber party. If you have a slumber party. I think you're right. I think B plus is great because is it the best movie we've watched of all of our bonus episodes? 
No. No, we watched The Blair Witch Project like we two years ago. We also watched What's Your Number. We also watched What's Your Number, a movie that I forgive endlessly. For any of its flaws. But it is, again, accomplishing everything it sets out to do. So I, I agree with you. Um, uh, because we did Teen Wolf, <laughs> Julia took pack stats. Do you want to share them with us? Yeah, we never do this for bonus episodes, but he's, his eyes glowed at the Should store we do an clerk? alpha of the week? Styles. Styles. Okay, never mind. <laughs> We're good. Okay, so we had three eyes, five claws, two shirts, and I also counted ears this time because I feel like that was a good way to document when he was fully transitioned. And uh-huh. I counted four, but he was probably full wolf for like 45% of the movie. Yes. So... Well, good. Pax-tass. Oh, there was one siren just now. I think there was two while we were recording. I think it was one at the beginning. All right. I'll trust you because I feel like you have a better handle on how many sirens go off while we were I, recording. Well, I think the thing is that I'm really easily distracted. So if mm-hmm. we hear a siren, I'm like, what's out the mm-hmm. window? With him, Um, Guys, if you liked this bonus episode, uh, and I hope you did, please uh, follow along for more Teen Wolf content. We promise next week we're starting on season six. Of MTV's Teen Wolf. I cannot believe we're at season six. This has been an incredible journey. Um, to keep up with us, you can follow us on Twitter at Teen Wolf underscore Rewolf, which is also our Instagram handle. You can follow us on Tumblr at Teen Wolf Rewolf, and our Facebook group is Teen Wolf Rewolf Podcast. If you really liked this episode, you guys can uh, buy our stickers on Redbubble. The link is in all of our social bio- bios. Or you can buy us a coffee, ko-fi.com forward slash Teen Wolf Rewolf. We put out all of our bonus content for free. So our bonus episodes and our newsletter... Um, we do that on purpose. Like we don't want to have people being, um, we don't want that stuff inaccessible, but if you would like to donate to the podcast, we would be incredibly grateful. So that's what it is. KO-FI.com forward slash Teen Wolf Rewolf. If you really like this episode, you can also leave us a review on iTunes and we'll read it out loud on the regular episodes. Um, other than that, we'll be back next week with six a, I have been Christian. And I've been Julia. And we hope you guys have a wolf of a week. Uh,